All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful for everyone that is here today. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the second chapter of the book of Philippians. going to start reading at verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, now, in uh, and, and verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the, in the likeness of men. Now, one of the things we want to point out in this particular group of scriptures here, it says that he was in the form of God and he thought it wasn't robbery to be equal with God. So we know just naturally, so we are not in the form of God. We're not... Does everybody understand that? We have limitations. We have flesh. And God does not have flesh. So we're not in that form. Does everybody understand that? We're, not made, we're made in his image, but we're not in the form of God. We're not walking around as free spirits. And can, Does everybody understand? So, and it says that he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. In fact, because he knew he was God. But look at what it says he did. He made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So he condescended. He went down. He humbled himself. But he was God. Now, what do we do? Look at what it says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're not equal with God. Does everybody understand that? We, at the most, we may be able to say we're equal with our parents. We're flesh and blood just like they are, and, we, and, that's, and that's how we started off. Our existence started off like with flesh and blood. Does everybody understand that? Whereas his did not, but yet he condescended. He made himself beneath what he originally was. And so this, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Not that you think you're God or that you're equal to him and you, these, these fleshly peons better be glad that, you know, you're down here on the earth with them. But you have to, you have to, so if you start, if he started off as God and went down to man and you started off as man, what do you go down as? Does everybody understand that? So you see, and, and look, when he got to this earth, he didn't complain. He didn't murmur. He didn't think, man, I, you know what, it ain't, this ain't worth it. And then the reason why human beings murmur, the reason why they complain is because they think they're equal with God. They think they're more than he is. When God himself condescended and made himself been way beneath what he was. He didn't even make himself an angel which is higher than mankind. He made himself man. And so if we know for a fact that we are not God and we can't say that we're equal with him or anything like that, that we started off as flesh and blood and that we are, that we are man, then what are we supposed to condescend to? I tell you what, just naturally, so it don't mean we condescend to animals or to beasts. It means you are supposed to think that you're lower than your fellow brethren and sisters. Does everybody understand that? You make yourself a servant. Does everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he did what? Humble himself and became obedient unto what? Even the death of what? 
Wherefore, God, in other words, this is why, God did what? Hath highly did what? Does everybody see that? Because he humbled himself, God exalted him. Because he was not proud. Because he made himself. The Bible says he made himself. Let's read that again, verse 7. But he made, look, let's start at verse 6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, made himself. That was on purpose. Does everybody understand that? Humility that just don't come just automatic. You have to make yourself that way. He made himself of no reputation. Does everybody understand that? He wasn't out trying to get a, be a big name. Hollywood and the entertainment industry is full of people who are tormented in their minds. You ever wonder why we call them stars? Where did that name come from? Gods, higher than man. Does everybody understand that? And they're tormented because they can't do no more than what anybody else can do. Men praise them and worship them, and, and yet they still feel empty on the inside. And then they go try to make another hit. They go try to make another good movie. They do all of these things, and the whole time, God's got his foot on them. And nothing you can do. You still flesh and blood. You still have to answer to me. You still get sick. Does everybody understand that? You still have itches that you have to scratch. <laughs> you still man. Yeah. And a lot of them, that's that, now that's the sole reason why a lot of them end up on drugs. Because they got man pushing them up and lifting them up, and then they got God's foot pushing them down. That's a tight place to be in. Everybody understand that? And so that's the reason why, brothers and sisters, we're not supposed to make idols of people. I can care less how good they can sing. Can care less, can care less how good they can act. Whatever, that, whatever it is, how in the world are you making an idol out of somebody who God's got his foot on? And what does that say about your destination? Does everybody understand that? God exalted Jesus Christ. Why? Because he made himself of no reputation. He could have snapped his finger and had the best voice in the world. He could have made this whole world bow down and worship to him, worship him. Does everybody understand that? Do you know that he didn't, when he got here, he didn't have to come giving glory to God? He didn't have to come here preaching righteousness? He could have just been a miracle worker with no doctrine. That's why they had it in for him. Just heal us, but don't tell us how to live. He could have just stopped all of that. He could have just stopped preaching. He could have stopped his doctrine. He could have stopped correcting people and just did all kind of miracles everywhere. That's what he would have done if he wanted a reputation. Does everybody understand that? But he didn't want a reputation. I don't care what you think about me. I'm here to do God's will. That's all. Does everybody understand that? So look at what it says, verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took up on him the form of what? Now, could you imagine? Now, think about it this way. How many of you have ever had a mouse in your house? Now, you would think that you're above that mouse, wouldn't you? But what if God told you, I want you to serve that mouse? Set some food out for it. It ain't got to make its own, you know, blanket. You make it a little blanket for it. Put a little pillow there. The, mouse, the mice don't know anything about salvation, but what you're going to do, you're going to bring them to salvation. They're not, they're not they're going to be able to understand your language. You're just going to have to try the best you can to relate to them that you love them. What would your first mind be? Well, I'm above that. I'm above a mouse. I was made, y'all do know we're above mice, right? 
So I'm above that. I'm not going to bathe it. I'm not going to feed it. They're a nuisance the same way we were. <laughs> but what if the Lord said, I'm giving you power to make yourself a mouse and you go live among mice. You be one of them. And when you get there, they're going to kill you. You're going to heal them. You're going to raise the ones up from the dead that's got caught in somebody else's mouse trap. You're going to be hated. And when it's all said and done, they're going to kill you. They're not going to even know who you are. They're not going to know that you're really there to help them. <laughs> but when it, but, and you're going to live 33 and a half years in that junk. How many of you would volunteer for that service? No, you're not going down there to be king mouse. You're going down there to be servant mouse. And don't you tell them that you created them. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> now you see, you got a, a little speck of the condition of Jesus Christ when he came to this earth. And trust me when I tell you, we ours, mice don't sin. We can think of mice as filthy animals. They're, they're undesirable. But at least they ain't sinning. How many of your mouths cuss you out? They just trying to live. No, 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 they're not sinning. But what if the Lord told you, you make yourself a mouse and you go, you go down there amongst them sinners? who's got it in him to commit adultery. He's got it in him to lie. Does everybody understand that? I'm trying to show you how, how it looked from God's standpoint of him making himself a man, something that was way beneath him, but he did it. Does everybody understand? Look at what that says now took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of what? Men, and being found in fashion as a man, what did he do? Humbled himself. And even, so even when he made himself a man and was found in the fashion of a man, he still went lower. I'm not here to be a, a, a high-class mouse. I'm not even here to be a rich mouse. I'm going to be a poor one. I didn't make myself a nice-looking mouse. I couldn't do that because it had already been prophesied that there would be no beauty in me, that people would desire me. So I'm going to make myself an ugly mouse. Not high class, not middle class, but as low as you can get. I'm not going to even have my own little rat hole to call my own. When I get there, I'm going to be despised. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and I'm going to be obedient even unto death, even to the death of the cross. Everybody see that? Something that they're going to look down on. Isn't that something now? Verse 9 says, Wherefore God hath also hath did what? Highly exalted him. Not just exalted him. Highly exalted him. And giving him what? A name which is above what? Every name. Now, do you know God will also give you a name? Now, it won't be above every name, not like Jesus Christ, but he'll give you a name. Does everybody understand that? Abraham's been dead for over 4,000 years and people still talking about him. Does everybody understand that? David's been dead for close to 3,000 years and people still talking about him. Those men had names that God had exalted. Does everybody understand that? It says, Wherefore God also hath, given, hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord 
to the glory of who? God the Father. So we're going to name this message, No Cross, No Crown. The crown always, the cross always comes before the crown. Does everybody understand that? Humility always comes before you're exalted. And a person that's not humble is a person that God can never exalt. And after a while, they get, to, they get that understanding, and so they begin to try to exalt themselves. Does everybody understand that? So when we're talking about a cross, no cross, no crown, you have to be willing to suffer. Some of us will argue back and forth with flesh and blood. With people who are our equals in our minds. How in the world we think God is going to exalt us when we're arguing with folks who are on our level. And some of us, folks who are above us. The Lord didn't even, God didn't even argue with mice. Does everybody understand that? Didn't belittle them? <laughs> I'm trying to get you to understand something. You have to be humble for God to exalt you. And, I'm, and I, this is what I'm saying, and that has to be a part of you, your nature. It can't be something, you can't be looking for the exaltation. I promise you that won't last. You trying to be humble because you want to be somebody, you ain't humble. <laughs> and it won't last. Does everybody understand that? Humility was a part of God's nature. And so when you're humble, you don't mind suffering. You think yourself of less, I'm less than you, so I'm not going to argue with you. You know more than I do. Does everybody understand that? Now let's think about it. So how many of us know Jesus Christ was God? So do you know how when he left heaven, he left that part of God that, that was that part of himself in heaven and came down to the earth? But the Bible says he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. Even when he was in the flesh, he didn't think it was robbery. That's what they're saying. He didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. But you know what? He did what that higher one told him to do. Does everybody understand that? He didn't think that it was beneath him. He didn't say, well, you know what? I got, you must forget that I'm you. Does everybody understand that? No, he didn't think it was robbery at all. But he humbled himself. And he made himself way beneath what he was. And then obeyed that part of himself. He and obeyed that part of himself that was higher than he was in flesh form. Now, that's what you have to understand. You might not think it's robbery to be equal with the person that's sitting on side of you, but you make yourself lower than them. You serve them. Does everybody understand that? Quit thinking that you know more than them. You might be able to get somewhere in God then. Does everybody see that? So after the cross comes the crown. After the cross. Does everybody understand that? Now we, uh, we have an advantage over what God had because he started off with his crown. He started off being God and he had to lay all of that down. We started off as mice. We ain't got that far down to go. 
<laughs> yeah, we fighting and struggling for our piece of cheese. What would you think if you saw a mouse in the mirror, in your mirror, in your bathroom doing his hair? With your comb and your... You would think, what, what are you wasting your time for? You're a mouse. Y'all only live for two weeks. <laughs> That's what the Lord thinks when we're spending two hours out of his 24-hour day in the mirror. You, don't, you just like grass. You're only going to be here for a, a, few, a few days. Don't waste your time with all these different hairstyles, with the wood glue. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You need to be preparing for eternity. <laughs> But some of us, now they do have some gangster mice. How many of you heard of mice getting caught in a trap? Maybe their leg or something, and they'll chew their leg off. It's got people all around the world doing that to try to live past the time God have allotted for them. Mice don't know they're mice. Does everybody understand that? They don't, do you know, mice don't know that they're a nuisance? Let me make this, do you know, some of you don't know that your flesh is a nuisance? Your flesh, I don't care how saved you are, your flesh is always a nuisance to God. That's why he tells you to crucify it. So you think about that, how many of you just love mice? Don't mind, you know, when they mice got to eat too, you set out some cheese for them. You go in Walmart buying up all the traps so folks ain't killing other mice? But that's what God did. He went in Walmart. He bought up all those traps. He led captivity captive. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, it took... It takes effort for him to care about us as much as it takes for us to care about mice. Does everybody understand that? And trust me when I tell you, we are way, so you think about what you think about mice. They're a nuisance. In your mind, from your perspective. In their minds, I'm, we're just trying to live just like you are. You think about how you think you're above them. And then multiply that times a million. That's how much God is above us. So you think about what he had to do to make himself one of us and then humble himself to serve us. He didn't just make himself one of us. He humbled himself to serve us. But what happens when you set the trap out in your house? How many of you have ever set a mouse trap? What happens if you wake up one morning and you see the mouse standing there in front of the trap like, you know, I, I, I'm just like you. I got a right to live. What is this? Now, you know mice get smart enough to where they avoid traps altogether. You have to get real sneaky to catch one of them. You would always know that you're higher than a mouse, always. You will always know that a mouse have no rights in your house. You will always know that. Now, I'm going to tell you about me personally. I, I don't care about them. I don't understand why people keep them as pets. I don't care how white and furry they are. You know, the little white ones that don't. They're still a mouse. It ain't going to ever talk to you without some evil spirit being present there. <laughs> Everybody understand that? A mouse ain't gonna never try to save your life. It ain't gonna get in the way of a bullet. It ain't gonna do. Dogs have done that. A mice, now you can't count on a mouse. Now I'm trying to show you the reason why we're not willing to get in front of God. 
and work on his behalf. Lord, I catch the bullets. I don't mind being talked about because of me serving you. Does everybody understand that? That's because we busy trying to get a crown without a cross. We busy trying to make our own crown instead of letting God exalt in us and putting a crown on us, whatever crown he chooses. Does everybody understand that? All right, so now let's go to the, let's, let's go look at, it, at an example of that. Let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Mark. And I'm telling you, if we as believers will accept this one fact, that we are supposed to suffer, that is a part of our Christian walk. We are supposed to suffer. Now, my question to you is, how are you suffering? Does everybody understand that? And I'm not, you can't, you can't judge it based on your own pet peeves and based on your own personal hang-ups. A person, let me use this as an example. A person that thinks they're supposed to be a millionaire, a high class, they may think they're suffering because they're middle class. That, no, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> That's not included. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so we're not talking about your own pet peeves and you were born in the wrong family, you know, podoc family and ain't never had nothing. I, I didn't know until I was grown that children expected their parents to pay for their college. I didn't know that. I'd never heard of that. I wasn't born in that city. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> didn't know anything about that. <laughs> so we're, we're not talking about that kind of suffering. <laughs> Where, you know, your parents, you had to go and get loans. <laughs> That's not suffering. <laughs> We're talking about the suffering that you're in God's will, you're doing what God tells you to do, and the devil still comes. People still hate you. That's the kind of suffering we're talking about. We're not talking about the kind of suffering that you brought on yourself. You're supposed to take that patiently. You're supposed to take it like I brought this on myself. Does everybody understand that? So let's look here. Fifth chapter of the book of Mark, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, in, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Does everybody see that? Now, in fact, I believe if you read the, the version of this in the book of Matthew, you will see that there were actually two men that were there. But we're going to focus on this one. Verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man do what? Tame him. They couldn't sit him down, teach him how to read, they couldn't make him behave and say, you go sit down over there, and he would do it. He could not function in regular society. If you read all of the Gospels pertaining to this man, you will see that he was a wild man. He looked like an animal. Like what we would call Bigfoot, somebody like that. He was not tameable. He wasn't cutting his hair and looking presentable. He didn't look like he was going to some job interview. And another version of this in another gospel says that he was naked. Does everybody understand that? So he, was, he, he didn't have any clothes on. When they, when they tried to put clothes on him, he, he pulled them off. He was untamable. 
Now, you, some of you young people, don't you be this man. Well, can't nobody tell you what clothes to wear? That's an evil spirit. Does everybody understand that? Where you can't be tamed. That's an evil spirit when you can't be told how to live. You got the same spirit this man got. You just functioning. You might have a job, but the same spirit can't be tamed. Nobody's going to tell me nothing. I can't wait till I get grown. That's what says that, the spirit of this man. Somebody's, everybody understand that? They tried to put chains on him. In other words, they tried to help him, keep him from hurting himself. And what did he do? He broke them. And that's what children do when their parents got rules in their house. Those, those chains are for your safety. And when you break them, you got the spirit of this man. The same spirit. I will not be tamed. I'll get on my computer when I feel like it. I go to whatever website I want to go to. You got the same spirit that this man have, untamable. Does everybody understand that? The last part of verse 4 says, Neither could any man tame him. Nobody could tame him. Verse 5, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs. Everybody see that? And... What was he doing? Crying and cutting himself with what? Stones. He was self-harming. Now, of course, you know people today, they do that. They cut themselves and things like that. And so you may think, well, Brother Bolain never did that. Have you ever fornicated? That's the sin where you're doing harm to your own body. Same, same devil, just in case you think you're a level above it. Does everybody understand that? You still self-harming. It might be pleasing to you, but it's still self-harming. Does everybody see that? Verse 5 says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs. It's unsettled. Same spirit, that, that vagabond spirit that's moving from here to there and from here to there. It don't work out here, so I'm going to move there, and I don't like it here, so I'm going to move there. That's that same. It's untamable. I ain't going to be tamed. That's what makes people go from job to job. They don't want to be tamed. Does everybody understand that? I was talking to a man yesterday. I asked him, uh, how long have you been at this job? He said, for 25 years. And he was about my age, or maybe a little younger. I thought, you know, that's rare now. That, that's very rare for somebody to be in the same place for 25 years. Your grandma was. Your grandfather was. <laughs> but Untame said, you know what? You got one more time to say something to me that I don't like. Because I got a good job. I, my, my field, I can go get a job anywhere. Except your reputation follow you. Does everybody understand that? So don't you be one of those people you job hopping all over the place because you untamable. Because you don't want to be told anything. Does everybody understand that? You get somewhere and stay. How in the world God going to be glorified in two weeks at your job? <laughs> Verse 6, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and did what? Now, isn't that something that devils got more sense than humans got? Even devils are, will worship Jesus Christ. Even devils. Does everybody understand that? Now, they might not like it, but they know who their creator is. Let's go and keep reading. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. You know why people can't hardly stand and sit and hear this kind of word? Because they are tormented by it. The same way this man was. That's the reason why people sit with their arms crossed when I'm preaching. Tormented. 
Because this word that's preached here is meant to tame people. We're going to put chains on you. Does everybody understand that? We're going to put the yoke of God on you. Verse 8, for he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked into the sea. Now, y'all keep that in your minds. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and what? Clothed. Now, a lot of times we hear that, you know, clothed in my right mind. That don't mean you're clothed in your right mind. It means you got on proper clothing. And you have a right mind. Because you got a right mind, you know how to dress. Does everybody understand that? So you see what the Lord did for him? The Lord didn't tell him first, go put on some clothes, man. I don't want to see all of that. Go put some clothes on. And then I'll cast the devil out of you. No, we'll cast the devil out of you. And I ain't got to say nothing else. You gonna, when you come to your right mind, you're going to look at yourself and you're going to see you ain't dressed right. Y'all know where I'm going? Some folks don't dress right because they have a devil. And I don't care how you try to talk to them and try to convert them, you know, sisters, you ain't supposed to wear what pertains to a man. They'll fight tooth and nail until that devil is gone. You got to cast that devil out first, and then they're going to look down and be ashamed of the way they're dressed. Does everybody see that? Do you see the Lord here talking to the man about anything what he, that he's naked? Does everybody understand that? The Lord knew this man got a devil. He don't understand how he's dressed. That's the reason why you got women walking around in this world today just about naked. Just about naked and don't know any better. They think they cute out there on the beach. You got women in church trying to get a bikini body. <laughs> That's because they won't be tamed. The same spirit that had this man bound got them bound. Does everybody understand that? And there's nothing you can do for that person, but when that devil's gone, that person's going to know I'm naked. I need to put some clothes on. I need to cover myself and save myself for my wife or my husband. Does everybody understand that? You did with the spirit first, that natural line up. God didn't have to preach a whole message to him about what he had on and what he, what he didn't have on. You cast the devil out, they'll realize it. Does everybody understand that? Verse 15, and they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. Did everybody see that? In other words, they begin to beg him, leave. That's talking about Jesus Christ. They're telling him, leave. We don't understand this. All of our lives, this man has been crazy. Now, I'm going to tell you what part of it is. You're willing to trade this man's mind for our 
swine. We'd rather that he stay bound so we can keep our food. Does everybody understand that? You see how the Lord was willing to sacrifice the food of people? Does everybody, now, these people were Gentiles. They weren't Jews. Swine was a part of their <laughs> diet. Now, I can promise you, just about any devil that you come across like this, some food is going to have to be sacrificed. You got to push that plate away. If you want to deliver people that's got this kind of spirit, does everybody understand that? So when they saw it, they began to beg him, leave, man, get out of here. Not, not the man that was crazy. Jesus Christ. Does everybody understand? Verse 18, and when he was coming to the ship, does everybody see? <laughs> does everybody see that? When who was coming to the ship? Jesus Christ. Did he sit there and argue with them people? Did he throw a pity party? Did he try to do another miracle to say, look, I, I, I can hear y'all. I can call the swine back. Don't push, don't push me away. I'm dealing with the spirit of rejection. I want to be loved. That's all. I'm one of y'all. He made himself a mouse and was asked by other mice to leave. Does everybody understand that? No arguing, no fighting, no fussing. They asked him to leave. The next thing we know, he getting on the ship. Okay. But look at what happened now. So do y'all agree that that was part of his suffering? To do something as good as that, to do something that none of them could do. Them people knew that a miracle had been done, but they didn't care. This is something strange. We don't like the fact that all his food is done perished now. You got to go. He did them people a favor. They didn't even realize it. Does everybody understand that? I say he did them a favor, and they didn't realize it. You think the man was just hanging out in the tombs, or was he out doing stuff in the neighborhoods as well? And that's the reason why they were trying to tame him. They weren't just passing by the tomb and just seeing him and having mercy on him and hoping that they could help him. That man was a nuisance to them. And he did them a favor, and after the favor was done, they told him to get out of here. Does everybody understand? Verse 18, and when he was coming to the ship, he, had, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Let me go with you. Does everybody understand that? Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. Does everybody see that? Now, let me tell you the dilemma of this man. These people, when I came to myself, I was naked. I don't know how many years I've been like this. I don't even know, you know, how I got this way. But when I come to myself, I was naked. And I'm, now I'm ashamed because everybody in the city and the whole countryside, where I'm from, they saw me like that. And you're telling me to go home and, and testify to them? That's the life most of us live when we give our life to Christ. Lord, I'm going to follow you. Just get me out of my hometown. Just get me away from people that I know because these people saw me naked. I ain't got a word for them. Does everybody understand that? Let me hide in you, Lord. <laughs> what does God say? Go let them see what I've done for you, that you've changed. Does everybody understand? Don't hide what I've done. That he was trying to find comfort. I'm ashamed of how when I woke up, how I found myself. And the Lord is saying, don't be afraid to testify. Does everybody, don't be ducking and dodging people and using me for it. Everybody see that? 
Verse 20, because he was, had received the salvation, what did he do? He departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did what? Does everybody see that? So there's your cross for Jesus Christ. He was kicked out of a place where he had done those people a favor, had done them some good. He was kicked out and he was rejected. Does everybody see that? All right, now let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of Mark. And we're going to start reading at verse 31. Is everybody there? So we're further on down the road. Everybody see? Verse 31, and again, that's talking about Jesus, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of who? What did the man go testify? Where? Everything God does is by design. Where did he go? Where, did, where was his hometown at? And so here, maybe a month or two later, Jesus Christ is on his tour, preaching and delivering people, and he comes back to the coast of Decapolis. Somebody with the spirit of rejection, rejection can't do that. Somebody that thinks that they're more than a mouse can't do that. You done rejected me, I'm going by my business. I ain't got to preach to y'all. You don't appreciate me. He went right back to where that rejection was. Does everybody understand that? Verse 32, and they bring him, bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. Does everybody see that? And they beseeched him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he he sighed and said unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was what? What was loosed? The string. Does everybody see that? How many of you got strings on your tongue? That's talking about what that spirit looked like for people that's got speech impairments. It's a string tied to the bottom of their tongue and the bottom of their mouth. We're talking about spiritually, so. Does everybody understand that? The Lord snapped it. It was loosed. Does everybody understand that? And he spake how? Plain. In other words, he had a speech. He could talk. He didn't have a dumb spirit. He just had a string spirit. Does everybody understand that? And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them so much, the more a great deal they published it. Does everybody see that? And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Now let's back up now. Let's go back to verse 32. Right when he get off the ship, what did they do? What did they do? They bring unto him one that was deaf. Who was they? The people that told him in chapter 5, get out of here. You leave this coast. We don't want you here. But what did he tell the man that he had delivered? Go testify. Go tell them how bad you had it. When I get back, they'll accept me. Listen, when I get done bearing this cross, I'll come back and get a crown? Does everybody understand that? He suffered, and because he was willing to suffer that, he wasn't praying for fire to come down and burn up all the people that were telling him to leave. The Lord God exalted him so that when he went back to that place, he was accepted and he was received. Does everybody understand that? 
So much so, look, he didn't have to walk and, and just do some, some crank up miracles. When he got off the ship, they were there with somebody here. Do it, do it for this person. They, they got something wrong with them. Does everybody understand that? And he was able to help those people. You know why? Because he wasn't dealing with the spirit of rejection and he wasn't cursing them in his heart. He could have bypassed that place if he had wanted to, but he didn't. He was willing to suffer and then be exalted. Does everybody understand? Now let's go ahead and read something else that we may not have thought about. Let's go to chapter 8 now, in verse 1. In, in those days, does everybody see that? In other words, this is the same time. The multitude being very great, why were they very great? Because somebody went and testified. One person went and testified. And now he's got a great multitude following him. And having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude. Everybody see that? What multitude? The people that were begging me to leave? I got compassion on them. The people that rejected me when I'd done them all some good before? I got compassion on them. The people that talked about me after I left? <laughs> I got compassion on them. Does everybody see that? You see the cross there? Because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for diverse of them come from, came from far. And his disciples answer, answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. Everybody see that? What did he do? He asked them, please sit down. Can y'all sit down, please? We're trying to, get, we're trying to do something for y'all. I'm telling you, some of us are going to miss heaven because we don't know the personality of Jesus Christ. He commanded people. He told them what to do. Does everybody understand that? And wasn't trying to be nice about it. Y'all sit down. You, sit down. Sit down. That's commanding. Not, will y'all sit down, please? We got, we're trying to move further along in the program. Uh, now is the time when we take communion. That, that's not how the Lord talked. Sit down. <laughs> I'm not going, uh, uh, glory to God, I'm not going back to that church. <laughs> Ain't no love. <laughs> Won't be tamed. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Verse 4, and his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. And so they did eat and were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets. In other words, they had more than what they started off with. Does everybody understand that? And they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. That was the end of his ministry there in Decapolis. So in the first, in the cross version of what we read in the, in the um, fifth chapter of the book of Mark, he took 2,000 of their swine because him being a Jew, did anybody ever wonder that that was food for people? Why did he allow the devils to go into the swine and the swine to go down there and drown in the sea and they'd be no good for eating? Because back then they didn't have refrigerators. God had already said that swine was filthy. It was a filthy animal. He was doing them a favor by allowing them demons to get into the swine. But let me make this clear. God don't ever tell you to give up something without giving you something better. 
Most of us got enough sense to desire fish better than swine. He replaced their swine with fish. Does everybody understand that? You see how he came back around there? But if we stomping and crossing our arms in the cross, <laughs> we'll be stuck with wet swine. Fish nowhere to be seen. Bread nowhere to be seen. Crown nowhere to be seen. Does everybody understand that? Does everybody see? And oftentimes people fight and they complain and they murmur. And they, listen, you, if, as a believer, you're going to suffer anyway. Ain't no use in Stop all of that. Let's go back real quick to the, to the uh, second chapter of the book of Philippians. Now, in the, in the, we'll get back to that. And we're going to pick back up reading. So we stopped where in the, in the, in the second chapter of Philippians? What verse did we stop at? Verse 11. Let's pick up at verse 12 now. So we see the mind that Jesus Christ had. We see how he suffered, and we see how God exalted him. So now let's, let's end this with the crown version and what we're supposed to do. Verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. It's easy for the wife to be submissive in the presence of preachers, in the presence of unbelievers, of believers. It's easy for a wife to be meek and quiet in the presence of other people. Paul said, you don't get any accolades for that. Everybody know how to act halfway right when they're around folks. But obey when I'm gone. Obey when nobody's looking. Does everybody see that? But now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and what? Work out your own salvation. Your own salvation. Does everybody understand that? If the Lord had told you to give up a television, don't you have no TV in your house because that's a burden to you. That's your salvation. That ain't your, your clue to come to me and say, well, Brother Bolton, the Lord told me to give up TV, and I believe, you know, if it's bad for me, no, it's bad for you. The Lord told me to stop fixing my hair a certain way because of this. Well, that, no, that, that's because of the demon you had. That's your salvation. That's what it's going to take for you to get to heaven. I ain't got to cut off my right arm to get there. Does everybody understand that? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of what? Of who now? Does everybody see that? To do his good pleasure, not yours. When you being pleasured, God ain't. And most of the time when God's being pleasured, it, it just depends on where you are in God. The, Lord's, the Lord was at a place where he could say, my meat is to do the will of my father. That's what, in other words, what he, what he was saying was, what satisfies me. My satisfaction is doing God's will. That's what pleases me. And that's when you've gotten somewhere in the Lord, when your pleasure and God's pleasure is on the same plane. It's the exact same thing. Does everybody understand that? So let's read that again, verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, and then it tells us how. Verse 14 do, therefore, in other words, do all things without murmurings and disputing. Does everybody understand that? In other words, whatever you're going to go through, quit murmuring. Quit disputing about it. When those people asked Jesus Christ to leave their coast, he didn't murmur, he didn't dispute, he left. 
Does everybody see that? So you don't get to where the Lord wasn't cussing on his way to Calvary. He wasn't complaining. Man, this junk hurt. Does everybody understand? <laughs> verse, let's read verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Why? That ye may be blameless and harmless. What happens when a person murmur and dispute? They pick up some stuff that other people are going to be able to say, no, you wrong for that. And they're no longer harmless. They're the ones that's doing the harming. Does everybody understand that? That ye may be blameless and harmless, what? The sons of God. So you might, let's say, for instance, you show up on a new job, and nobody there like you. You know, everybody there, they telling you, you know, don't, you know, we don't like it here. And at first, when you first get there, you love it. You don't know any different. I'm just glad to have a job. I'm glad I ain't getting put out next week. But they add it on to you. It ain't, girl, it ain't nothing here. This old dead-end job. And then before you know it, you start murmuring and complaining. Look at what that says there. That you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God. You know what happens when you start murmuring and complaining? People don't care about what you go into God's truth and deliverance. I can just by guarantee you, if you on your job murmuring and complaining, ain't nobody gonna ask you what church you go to. Does everybody understand that? You can forget about it. They'll ask you if they see you going through, like nothing bother you. They'll ask you if they see you being mistreated and you ain't fighting back. Does everybody understand that? The world is only concerned about what church you go into if, if, if they see that you're not on the same bandwagon they're on. The sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Everybody see that? Verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. Let's go and keep reading. That I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. In other words, I was not bearing the cross. Now let me, let's just do a math equation. Cross plus murmuring equals no crown. Cross minus murmuring equals crown. Does everybody understand that? If you're a believer, you're going to bear a cross. You're going to bear a cross as a believer. Every last one of you going to bear a cross as a believer. But every believer ain't going to have a crown. Because if you add in murmuring to it, if you add in disputings to it, you're canceling out your crown. Your murmuring is your crown. You're thinking that you're above mice. That's your crown. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't want to be going through what I'm going through for nothing. If I got to go through it, I ought to come out with something on the other side. I know for a fact the Lord done sent my swine running down the mountain. And ain't nothing I can do about it. So I'm not going to murmur and complain waiting on him two months later to come through with some fish and bread. I'll wait. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> My prayer is most of you are young in here. I hope you don't get to be 60 or 70 years old before you, you take this lesson. You ain't got to spend your whole life complaining about it. Does everybody understand that? How would you feel, you, you adults, how would you feel if every morning your children get up and they, cereal again? Oatmeal again? Steak again? Does everybody understand that? So you think about how God feels. 
about it. When you say, Lord, I've given my life to you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for saving me from my whorish ways. Thank you, Lord. And then he lays out the map for you. This is the life I want you to live. And you complaining the whole way? No, it ain't thank you, Lord, for delivering me from my whorish ways. It's, Lord, I wish I could just go back to my whorish ways because I had it better. That's what you're telling God when you're complaining about the life he's told you to live. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Does everybody understand? I'm trying to show you just how ragged it is. That, that, that's, I'm trying to show you the way God sees it. Lord, I don't, I don't like this life. I liked all the venereal diseases out there. I'd rather go back to that than to live a clean life. This is too hard. <laughs> Who's the fool? Does everybody understand that? I'm trying to show you now. As to me, as long as I'm on this road, I ain't gonna complain about it. I'm gonna keep on marching. Because I know whatever happens, God allowed it. And it's for me to get better and closer to him. And my prayer is that when we stand before God, we're not standing before him and he don't give us a crown because we murmured and we kicked and screamed all the way to heaven. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? I, I think that's a sad place to be in when you didn't like your old life and you don't like your new one either. What life is there? It's only two of them. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Where are you going to live at? <laughs> when hell's too hot and heaven's too nice. <laughs> we better get a grip. Get up off our high horses and go feed some mice somewhere. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you spoke to us today. God, we pray that it will be tucked into our hearts, Lord. Help us to receive the things that were said. Help us, Lord, not to murmur and complain. Help us, Lord, to accept the cross that you've given us to bear. Help us, Lord, to do it without murmuring, without complaining, without disputings. Help us, Lord, to believe that you are God and that you know what's best for us, even when we don't know. Help us, Lord, to give up our own will so that we can live according to your perfect will for our lives. Help us, Lord, not to be stuck in between the two worlds, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. But help us, Lord, to accept your kingdom so that we can do the things that's pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, if that's all now, we'll be dismissed. We'll go back to the back and talk some more about the things the Lord had to say to us today. <laughs>